We're excited about this new series <clears throat> that we are stepping into over the next four weeks. I want to encourage you to be here for the next four weeks because as we are diving into a topic, a series called Relational Vampires, Relational Vampires, Charles, what are we talking about? Especially if you're new, you're probably like, man, I came to a weird church. Well, I'm going to tell you, you came to a good church. Let's just say that. But um, Relational Vampires, and really um, the premise of this series is how do you love those that are trying to suck the life out of you, trying to suck the life out of you. How many of you in this room, um, and don't point to your spouse or anybody sitting next to you, how many of you in this room know someone that is just, man, they're just always sucking the life out of you. They're just always taking and they're never giving. Over these four weeks, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some specific people and how do we relate? How do we help? How do we show the love towards those people? And today, if you're taking notes, we are actually going to be talking about how do we love critical people? Come on, critical people. Unfortunately, all of us at some point in our life will come across critical people. Maybe you're uh, in that environment right now. Maybe you're with someone or you're working for someone or Maybe it's your parents or whoever the case may be, but unfortunately, we will all face critical people. Come on, how many of you in this room, come on, show of hands, how many of you in this room know someone that has the spiritual gift of fault finding? <laughs> come on, it's like, it's fault finding. Listen, they, they never have anything else to say except for something bad. It's like, it's never life-giving. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. They have the spiritual gift of fault finding. Listen, maybe it's your boss. Come on. It's, it, maybe it's your boss where you go to work and the only thing that they ever tell you is something negative. How do you like people like that? They're, they're, they're never confident in you. They're never speaking life over you. It's just they, the only time they come to speak to you is when something is wrong or you've done something wrong. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a parent. You know, come on. I, I, you, you're a parent in this room. You have children, but your parents are still critical of how you raise your kids. Oh, you're not raising them right. <laughs> you know, if they were my kids, well, they're not your kids. They're your grandkids and you spoil them, so just back off. You know, they always fault find how you raise your kids, how you spend your money, what church you go to. Oh, that Revo church, they're crazy. They talk about vampires over there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it's a spouse who's always jabbing at your weight telling you jokes that are just critical about your body. Maybe it's a spouse that, that is always just kind of just, just saying, oh my gosh, I can't stand it. When we go out to eat, you just chew so loud. You just smack. You just, just so loud. You're a loud chewer. How you load the dishwasher. Okay, survey real quick. I need this for my own sanity. Survey on dishwashers. How many of you in this room when you load the dishwasher, the spoons go in one, the forks go in one, the knives go Just wave at me real quick. Oh, all you OCD people, praise the Lord. Praise Him. Come on, how many of y'all are just like, y'all, they're getting clean, throw them in the dishwasher. Like, I ain't put, I'm not washing the dishes before I wash the dishes. Care less where they go. They're getting, you know. Get a little bit of the dawn on it. Hey, just throw a little extra soap in there so 
my OCD spouse won't get on me because I have a breadcrumb on it. <laughs> Come on, you leave the toilet seat up. For all the ladies in the house, you know what I'm talking about. Just us men be leaving the toilet seat up all the time. Y'all get up in the middle of the night and you fall in. You're like, hey, oh. I think it's ironic and it's funny because, you know, it's always like, oh, you left the toilet seat up again. But have you ever looked at your side of the sink? I mean, just be honest. Just be honest. You know, I'm just saying, just makeup everywhere, falsies on the sink. You know what I mean? <laughs> critical people. Critical people. Listen, our church is an easy target for criticism. Very easy target. You know, people saying that, um, oh, you don't preach enough on insert the subject. Or you preach too much on insert the subject. I can't believe you don't use this version of the Bible. It's the wrong version. You're not really a church if you don't use the King James Version. It's the original Bible. You don't, you don't use the right version of the Bible to focus on such and such. The teaching is too shallow. The pastor, man, he's just a really amazing pastor. Yeah, it's great. It's a great guy. It's crazy. He's always telling these Boudreaux, Thibodeau jokes. He just, he's just always energetic. He's, he's got too much joy. I mean, he's just so happy all the time. I mean, can't go to that church. The worship's too short. It's too long. It's too loud. We, paint, we painted the wall black. I mean, it's just criticism after criticism. Can I tell you this? That if you follow Jesus, you will be criticized. It's just critical people. It's going to happen. If you follow Jesus, you will be criticized. And so today, I want to unpack four different thoughts of how do we deal with critical people. Four things that I want to share that I believe that if we can apply them to our lives, it may help just a little bit. The first thing is this. How do we respond to critical people? The first thing is often you don't respond. How do you respond to critical people? Well, often you don't respond. You, you, you don't respond at all. Listen, just because someone criticizes you doesn't obligate you to respond. Just because someone is hating you on social media, they write a post about you on Facebook, they put something in your DMs, they, they make a remark or a comment on your post, just because someone is criticizing you, it does not obligate you to respond. Maybe you're driving down the road, it's five o'clock in traffic, man, you just pick the kids up or you just get off of work and you're just driving home and your mindset is, man, I just, I've had a long day. I just want to get home. I want to make some dinner. I want to eat some food. I want to take a shower. I want to lay down on my pillow and I want to go to sleep. That's all you're thinking in your mind. But, uh, but because today is today, you're just riding down the road and so happily someone just, you know, kind of tells you that you're number one. You're number one. You cut me off in traffic. Beep, beep. You're number one. It doesn't obligate you to respond. This is why we don't have Revo stickers for your cars. <laughs> You're number one, too. I want to punch you in the face. We don't have Revo church stickers because I know you and I know me. Can I just be honest? I'll drive in Mariah's car and be like, I'm going to find you, tell you you're number one. Huh? 
<laughs> we, just, we just have these issues where we just want to lash out, where we want to respond. Can I tell you that the battles that you engage in determines the level that you're on? The battles that you're engaging in, it's going to determine the level that you're on. When somebody is flipping you off in traffic, they're responding to you on social media, it's a coworker, it's a boss, or whoever the case may be, they're coming at you, they're attacking to you. How you respond, the battles that you engage in actually will determine the level that you're on. What it's going to show you is what is on the inside of you begins to be squeezed out. Because we live our life out of the overflow. We, we, we live our life out of the overflow of what is happening. We live our life out of the overflow of what the Holy Spirit has put in us. When we are squeezed in a tight situation, when we are put in a place where we have to respond, how is your response? Is it of the Lord or is it of the world? First Peter 2 tells us this. It says, they hurled insults at Jesus. And he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to, to him who judges justly. Can you imagine just being humiliated in front of people? Like, 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 just kind of picture yourself in this moment right now. Can you imagine where you are literally kind of stripped and embarrassed publicly? And you're spit upon and you are ridiculed and you are mocked. Let's modernize this a little bit. Somebody gets a photo or somebody uh, kind of says something to you and, and puts you on blast so that the world can see because it's social media and what is done now is instantly uh, kind of out in the world before anybody even knows the truth of the matter. Can, can you imagine that for a second? And that's exactly what it is that is happening to Jesus. But, but Jesus, being mocked, being ridiculed, he did not retaliate. He, he didn't throw an insult. He didn't throw out a threat. No, but he entrusted to his father. This is very hard to do. Let's be honest. This is very, very hard for us to not respond. Listen, I don't know about you, but when my back's against the wall, when I feel threatened, when I feel disrespected in a way, man, I want to come at you with everything I got. I'll just be honest. I'm not perfect. When I'm disrespected and when someone comes at me, especially the things that I love the most, you come against my family, it's a battle. You come against this church, which we've, we have sacrificed our life for. We sold everything to step into. Man, it, 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 it offends me. And what happens is, is man, I just want to retaliate. Some of, the, some of the people that criticize the most are religious people. Honestly, like some of the people that criticize the most are the ones that are actually supposed to walk in love. Do you know the, what you're supposed to do as a believer? You're, the, the command that you're supposed to do as a Christ follower is to love. 
Like what would this world look like if all believers actually, actually loved one another? Instead of picked you apart. Instead of criticized because of a way of life or what you did or what you said or, 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 or the decisions that you're making. Instead of a, a Christ follower walking around and just looking for faults to find, looking to be able to point a finger, looking to criticize. What if, just imagine with me for a moment, what if all of us in this room, we walk through our life, our everyday life, and we actually loved like Christ loved? Christ doesn't pick you apart. He doesn't shame you. He doesn't just, just kind of put you down in the dirt. No, no other than that, he, he actually edifies you. He tells you and speaks life over you, and he says, oh, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Oh, I, I, don't, even, I don't even hold that against you. No, I just want your heart. And he begins to love us, and he begins to console us. You know, love is the thing that attracts people to Christ. I've never seen anyone, I could be wrong, but I've never seen anyone follow Jesus or give their heart to Jesus because they are put down. As a believer, if you begin to criticize, if you begin to become very critical over an individual and instead of edifying them, instead of speaking life over them, you are doom and glooming them and you are ripping them apart. How in the world does that represent Jesus? And that's exactly what we see. We see Jesus saying, no, no, I'm not going to be like that. But I'm going to live like my father. I'm going to let him handle it. But it's, it's, the problem is it's the religious people. It's the people that have since the beginning of time, since the Bible existed from Genesis all the way to Revelation, are the ones who actually tear people apart the most. When Jesus was walking around, they would begin to go. And, and as Jesus is hanging out with sinners, all of these Pharisees would begin to say, Oh, he's a friend of sinners. You don't, you don't want to be around that guy. You, you don't want to hang out with him. He's, he's a friend of sinners. He's just a drunk. He's a lunatic. And that's what they're telling people as Jesus is walking the streets, but he didn't retaliate. He didn't defend. He didn't complain. He trusted God. Proverbs 19 tells us this. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. A person's wisdom yields patience. Have you ever prayed to God, God, Lord, Jesus, I just need more patience in my life. <laughs> he didn't give you patience. He gave you a problem. <laughs> I need more patience. No, no. Our, 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 to be wise is to yield patience. Can I say that overlooking offenses isn't the same as pretending it didn't happen? When someone is critical about you and they offend you and they wrong you and they say something about you, overlooking offenses isn't the same as if it did not happen. I'm not saying that we need to walk around our life and just be like, oh, well, you know, old Jimmy out there. If your name's Jimmy, I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy, Susie out there, you know, like uh, John, you know, they, they, they really hurt me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go and hang out so they can hurt me some more. That's not what overlooking offenses is. 
Overlooking offenses is simply saying, you know what, God, I, I just, I need to surrender this to you. I need to not respond. I need to not just kind of, I need to just surrender this moment to you because your role is to obey God, not to answer to critics. That is your role. Just obey, just obey God, not, not have to respond, not have to answer to all of these things. No, we need to begin to let it go. You have to make a conscious decision. Every single day, you have to release it to God. Every day. You know, this past Friday, I was in uh, Tallahassee. Friday night, I was speaking at a rehab facility, which, by the way, um, I just want to say, man, this is an amazing opportunity for us as a church. They've, they've actually asked us to come once a month to go and speak and invest into this facility, not to mention every single um, week. Uh, Dean is up here right now, and, um, and we are in Marion County Jail on the men's part. And, uh, and he just told me this week that we have the opportunity now to go into the Marion County Jail women's pods. And so what an amazing opportunity this is. So the gospel's being preached. The gospel's being preached. It's, it's hitting different parts of the world. I was told the other day that, that just on our live stream, man, Brazil and, and Saudi Arabia and all these people are watching what we're doing here at Revo. I mean, to me, that's just amazing. It's mind-blowing. An idiot, you know, crack addict at one time, got a hold of the wrong stuff, now up here sharing the gospel. Go figure. But, but, but here we are, I'm, Friday night, I'm, I'm speaking to these, um, these residents at this rehab facility where they, they actually range from 13 all the way up into their older adulthood life. And something on the inside of me, just the Holy Spirit began to say, hey, just, just walk them through releasing. Because I don't care where you are, if you're in a rehab facility, you're in a jail cell, or you're in a beautiful home where you have all the freedom in the world. Sometimes when we're hanging on to offenses, we are still imprisoned and we are trapped. And God is saying, just release the offense. So I'm, I'm sitting here with these, these residents, and as I'm talking to them, I felt my spirit just, just help walk them through releasing this offense. I'm not going to walk you through this whole thing that I did with them, but I, I need you in your mind, to the best of your ability, to begin to picture Jesus standing there with his arms completely wide open, with tears flowing down his face and a beautiful smile on his mouth. And he's, he's reaching his arms out to you and he's asking you this one question. Will you release it to me? That offense, that hurt, that betrayal. Will, will you just release it to me? Because as long as we hang on to the offense, guess what? The other individual wins. As long as we hang on to the offense, we are imprisoning ourselves. But God is saying, no, no, no. You, you need to release that. You need to, you need to let that go. It, it, it's, it's, it's to your benefit that you don't answer. It's to your benefit that you don't hang on to. It's to your benefit that you let me have it. The second thing is this is that sometimes you respond carefully. How do we answer to critics? 
sometimes we don't respond. But the second thing is sometimes you respond carefully. Don't just react. Don't just fire back. Don't just, when somebody comes at you, when somebody fires something at you, man, don't just retaliate. Boom! Don't just react like, pow, gotcha. Don't just react. No, you need to respond carefully through the Holy Spirit. You you need to yield to patience. Okay, oh Lord. Boy, I'm, I'm seeing red. Lord Jesus! I pray right now that they have hemorrhoids for the rest of their life. Don't know where that came from. Listen, you respond carefully. You don't just react. A friend unleashes on you. A coworker begins to pick you apart. A parent is just on you, just riding you, and just, man, just won't leave you alone. You do not react. No, you pray that God, I pray for patience right now. I know you're teaching me this. But let me respond carefully through the Holy Spirit. You wait before you respond. You know, some years ago, I had an individual in my life that really affected me. I mean, this this individual, it affected me. And it, it affected me to the point to where I carried it for years. I carried it for 10 years to be exact. That's a long time. An offense that was done. And I carried this offense for 10 years. Every single time I would see this individual, every single time I would hear this individual's voice, every single time I would see a picture of this individual, every single time I would hear of this individual being at an event or in place that I was going to be, man, it affected me. It, man, it just, it just kind of triggered something on the inside of me. And I was just like, I just, I just can't stand this person right now. I can't stand them. I don't like the sight of them. I don't like their voice. How many of you know sometimes, man, somebody's voice just throws you off? Ain't mine, right? (laughs) Just throws you off. And here I am, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, this this is really, like, killing me. I would see this individual and they, man, they're just going around life like ain't nothing wrong. Like, hey, what's up, everybody, man? Yes, everything's great. Woo! Looked like they had it all together. They were so happy. They they were so at peace. And I'm like, why? Why am I so miserable and they're so happy? Anybody relate? And it was because I was carrying an offense. And I had to begin to release that to God. And I had to ask God this question. Lord, what do you need me to do? What what is it that you need me to do? Because this this is really tearing me apart. And in that moment, it was respond biblically. Respond through the Holy Spirit. Respond as if I was responding for you. Oh, gosh, that hurt. I don't want to respond that way. But in that moment, I had to make a conscious decision. Lord, how am I going to respond? How am I going to react to this person? And do you know that I ended up starting to pray for them? Pray for the husband, pray for the wife, pray for their organization. Ask God to bless them. 
I would show up at different things and I would ask the individual, I said, hey man, how can I serve you? How can I help you? I would go around and I'd literally begin to pick up trash. I'd move some things around. I'd, I'd begin to kind of place some things as if they were needing some help. I wanted, I wanted to serve them. Did I want to do it? Absolutely not. I wanted to flatten their tires, take a Louisville slugger to boat tail lights. Come on, Taylor Swift. Or Carrie Underwood, sorry. They're blonde. Anyway, so, uh, so here I am. Not only did I start serving them, I actually started giving to their organization. I started to say, okay, I, I just want to, I want to bless them financially. I want to help them. I want to do whatever it is that I need to do. And so as I began to do these different things, I started to realize that the, the offense on the inside of me, the frustration on the inside of me actually began to go away. I could see them in the same room. I could hear their voice and it didn't affect me anymore. I could read a text message, an email. I could, I could get an invite to whatever it was that they were doing and not just want to go off the hinges. How we respond actually determines the level we're on because the level we're on actually will begin to determine what God is doing on the inside of us. It's out of the overflow. Are you spending time with God? Are you in his word? Are you reading? Are you worshiping? Because when you're doing those things, you are putting it on the inside of you. And when something happens, when you are squeezed, it is the overflow that is the response. It's the overflow. Listen, when emotions are high, wisdom is low. Don't hit send. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Don't hit sin. When your emotions are high, when someone has been critical for you, when someone has offended you, when someone is belittling you, our emotions are at the highest. We're, we're, we're like, no, there's no way you're coming against me about that. There's, I'm not taking that any longer. Our emotions are are high and when where our emotions are heightened when we are furious when we are uh, just angry guess what our wisdom is low that's why you don't react because you're gonna say something and do something that you can't take back you're gonna say something and do something that you're gonna regret later and you have to remember this criticism isn't about you. When people are critical, when, when criticism comes, it is not about you. Have you ever heard the saying before, hurt people, uh, hurt people? Hurting people hurt people? When people are hurting, all they want to do is lash out. When people are hurting, all they want to do is criticize. When people are hurting, all they want to do is bring you down with them. But behind every anger is a hurt person and we need to learn to show compassion. So how do we respond to critical people? The first thing is sometimes you don't. The second thing is sometimes you respond carefully. And the third thing is occasionally you listen and make a change. Occasionally you listen 
and make a change. Do you know why we do that? Because sometimes your critics are right. We don't, want to, we don't want to agree to that. But sometimes your critics are right. Listen, if everyone is telling you you have a problem, chances are you have a problem. Well, Charles, I mean, everybody's against me right now. My, my job, everybody's against me. My home, everybody's against me. My, my spouse, my friends, my coworkers, they're all telling me this. They're very critical about my life. Have you just stopped and just kind of like let that soak in for a little bit and begin to understand if they're telling you the same thing, they're probably right. If your spouse is telling you, you just yell all the time. What are you talking about? I don't yell ever. Whoa, shoot, my bad, bro. Let me just, whoo. You got a problem. If people are telling you that the person you're dating is the devil, <laughs> you better run. Get out of there. Flee. Sometimes your critics are right. Proverbs 15 tells us this. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home amongst the wise. I don't know about you, but I just want to hang out with wise people. When I walk into the room, I want people to be like, yo, that, that Charles over there, he's a wise cat. <laughs> Got you fooled, didn't I? <laughs> but if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. We have to begin to understand and just realize that not everything people are telling us is bad. We have to absorb it. We have to pause. That's why we're not quick to respond. That's why we have to be slow to speak, quick to listen. It's a biblical standard of life. Because if we're sitting, we're receiving, we're analyzing, we can begin to respond carefully. But at the same time, it may be some truth that you and I need to hear. The fourth thing is this, and the band can come on up. How do we respond to critical people? The first thing is that <clears throat> sometimes you don't. Secondly, is sometimes you respond carefully. The third thing is occasionally you listen and make a change. The fourth thing is this, is always work to guard your heart. Always work to guard your heart. Proverbs 12 tells us this. It says, some people make cutting remarks. You don't have to raise your hand for this, but... I know that there's many people in this room that the words that someone spoke over your life has affected your life. The words that someone spoke over your life has actually affected the destiny in which God has for you. The words that someone spoke over your life actually has created this mindset to where you begin to walk in a direction that was never intended you to walk in. There have been words that people spoke over you and saying things like you're just a mistake. That you'll never amount to anything. That you're not good enough for this world. 
There's words that have been spoken over you and just begin to label you and title you for something that had been had, had that you had done years ago. And maybe some of those things that happened to your life weren't even your fault. Someone took advantage of you and it wasn't even your decision. But because of that, someone labeled you and spoke something over your life that has now put you in this direction to where you're not fully understanding who God has created you to be. They made remarks. They were cutting. Can I challenge you that we have to guard our hearts? Because here's the thing. But the words of the wise bring healing. The words of the wise, they bring healing. This is why I love being able to come into this house every single Sunday. Why? Because for the first 15 minutes, you have a team up here that is just edifying. And he, they're speaking life over you. They're, they're calling the presence of God to begin to rest on this place. And here we are, That's just we've just gone through the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Man, we've had a rough week. A rough week in our home with our spouse or our children. A rough week at our jobs. A rough week just mentally in our own thoughts and mind. Here we are where we're coming into a place and we get to worship God and we get to listen to the words that are sung over us and spoken over us. We begin to open up the word of God and begin to dissect the message and the very words. Do you know that the Bible is sharper than a double-edged sword? That every word in this Bible, it pierces to the deepest core of who we are. It's cutting through every darkness. It's cutting through everything that is dividing us from, the, from, from Jesus. It's, it's, it's words that are spoken that bring healing. But listen, because of our sinful nature, we can all be overly critical. Just because of who we are, we can be super critical. Just, just the other day, Saturday, we're coming home from Tallahassee. Coming home from Tallahassee, Charlie had a track meet. Here we are driving home. I had to stop in Gainesville because I had to eat at Raisin Cane's. I'm just saying, it's of the Lord. They're open on Sunday, so it is God's chicken. I'm eating at Raisin Cane's, and, and we're at UF, and we're driving through campus. And as we're driving through campus, for whatever reason, we're at a stoplight, and this individual walks across the, 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 the street, and I don't even know why I said this. But I looked in the car and I'm like, what is she wearing? Like those colors don't even go together. As I'm in my Canadian tuxedo up here, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that don't even go together. Like why are you even wearing that? Like it's so stupid. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like... Our sinful nature just begins to criticize and overlook and, and begin to be over analytical. analytical sorry. Uh, we, we begin to criticize everything. But if we're not careful, we can walk through life and we begin to say the same things. Man, can you believe the way that she looks? Man, my boss is such an idiot. I can't believe that they would do that. That coach should be fired. They have no idea how dumb they really are. 
Come on, she's just full of her selfie, selfie, selfie. All she cares about is her. Just being honest. Call it like I see it. I'm just saying. If we're not careful, we can begin to let the offense of others resonate on the inside of us. If we're not staying in the word and worshiping when we are squeezed and when life kind of gets a hold of us, that begins to overflow. And now we are being critical of other people. Can I just tell you that one thing that I've learned about my life and when I'm critical over people and when I'm dealing with these things and when I'm saying things that I shouldn't say, the reason why a critical spirit is in my life is because it is born out of pride I'm right, you're wrong. Ignorance, speaking on things that I have no idea the truth on, are hurt. Someone has hurt me. And because I haven't let it go and given it to God, now that is now overflowing out of me. Listen, to, become, to, to overcome a critical spirit, you have to be deeply grounded in a place with Christ. I love in Romans chapter 14, it says this. It says, so why do you condemn another believer? Why, why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Can I challenge you for something this week? No more negative talk. Let's not be critical. Let's not be hateful. Let's not leave negative comments or remarks. If we don't understand something, let's ask. If we can't relate, then let's just uplift. If we want to lash out, remember that we need to rise above. We got to look for the good. We've got to pull out the gold. And we've got to believe the best in people. Amen. Come on, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you for today. I pray right now, Jesus, that you would guide us, direct us. And Holy Spirit, in this moment, I ask that you would begin to do what only you can do. In this moment, that you would begin to stir the hearts of those in this room. That you would begin to reveal some things, pinpoint some things in their lives that they need to let go of. An offense that has sidetracked them from what it is that you have for them. Pray right now, Father, that you would guide them and direct them through the week. So that they would know that they don't have to respond. That they could respond carefully. That they would guard their heart. Lord, I pray that your presence, Holy Spirit, would begin to rest on each and every mind and heart in this room. And Maybe you're in here today and you say, you know, Charles, I, um, I have a hard time letting that go. Whatever that may be. I'm holding on to a fence. I'm lashing out. And maybe, just maybe... You're in this room and it's because the relationship that you had with, had with Christ or maybe the lack of relationship that you've ever had is actually the thing that's affecting you the most. 
And so if you're in this room today and you say, you know, Charles, man, can you pray for me? Because I, I really want what God has for my life. I want him to live in my heart and in my mind. I want him to be first and foremost in my life. And if that's you in here and you say, you know, can you please pray for me? Because I want to receive that. I want more of that. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. One, two, three, four. Father, do you see the hands lifted? You see their hearts, you see their minds. Lord God, you see the things that they've dealt with and they're dealing with. And so, Father, I pray that you would guide them and direct them, letting them know that this can be their best week ever because they're putting you center of it all. Lord, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, why don't we give God some praise?